Chris, Geoff, Lawrence, all the boys from down at the Strong Style Story. Here's a big old motherfucking thank you for signing up. Thank you for being number one hoots. And I don't know what the fuck other bullshit you want me to say to promote your shit, but I love your motherfucking shit. And that is a shoot hoot. to episode 70 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. With me today, the co-creator of this very thing that we are celebrating five years of, Chris Domiceno. Chris, how are you, friend? Five years. Uh, it's not a milestone either of us expected to hit when we started this on a whim five years ago, almost to the day at this point, give or uh, take. Yeah, almost. Almost. I mean, we, we, I mean, you know, uh, you know the, the, the secret origin of this is that Chris and I knew each other from um, <clears throat> uh, something else, and we were decided we were going to... I just decided, hey, you you want to record a podcast together and, um, you know, just to talk about, you know, what was then upcoming Wrestle Kingdom 10. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it seemed like a pretty big moment at the time, and it, it kind of was in its way. Um, now, mind you, uh, so prior to that, you know, I cre- decided I'm going to start the blog, too, just to have something behind it. And, uh, yeah, here we are, five years later. <laughs> You're still stuck with us, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we've gradually made baby steps towards slightly bigger things on our very tiny little corner on the Internet, but we are pretty thankful to have gotten to this point because we've had some highs and we've had some lows, so it's nice well, yeah. to be in a nice... I wouldn't say, like, the highest of highs currently, but we're in the nice plateau if you will yeah well um you know just so you know this is going to be a a split episode again uh because we we, i i have this thing where if i know that content's going to be over two hours then we split the episode because i start getting hives after like an hour of listening to the show you know (laughs) and we've done there's a tradition at this point over the last at least two anniversaries where we have split it into side a and side b so this is just another entry into that catalog but um and we say episode 70 but of course you know we've had you know pod blasts we've had specials uh we've had um you know strong style history episodes as well so I'm pretty sure we've actually pretty much. I'm pretty sure we've collectively done about a hundred episodes. Honestly, a hundred recordings. For, at least for on that mark, I feel, if not like very, very 
dangerously close to it as a total. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, uh, we, we had to kind of start on a somber note, uh, even though the gentleman in question never worked New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we definitely all know who he is, and we've, uh, we've got some feelings about him. I'm going to keep mine, for, for the most part, for uh, Boom Goes a Dynamite this week, because I, I think uh, Paul and I are going to have uh, quite a bit to say about about this, but Chris, uh, I, I I just want to get your your any any comments or thoughts from you about the passing of John Huber, also known as Brody Lee and or Luke Harper, depending on which company he was working in. Mm-hmm. It was just really shocking how really out of nowhere it was for all of us, but from the looks of it, it was something that had been in the known for. Obviously, the family, the talents in question. He was at Mayo Clinic, so it was definitely an on, seemingly an ongoing situation. And hey, if they want to tell us exactly how what happened to it, that's their that's the family's prerogative. That's an official like autopsy and everything else. Is, uh, it's just a, it's very shocking and very unfortunate because most of us who have been watching or following all elite wrestling over the course of the past year knew that there was always something in uh, Brody Lee to begin with, even before he went to WWE and did his run there as Luke Harper and had a fairly good run in his own right there in the process uh, in a company that sees a lot of careers not pan out the way that you would hope that they would, given the talents in question. So it was very nice to see him starting to hit his mark. He, uh, his debut in uh, AW, even in the post, in the, even as the pandemic was starting, quite literally, as he made his debut into the company, it was one of the better moments that AW had throughout all of 2020. And just, uh, the sky was the limit for him. I had no doubts had he, uh, remained healthy and remained with us that big things were in store for him over the next uh, coming years. So it's just a lot of the sadness is not only just that a great wrestler, but from all the stories we've been seeing on social media, as well as in many outlets that uh, almost, if not more of a wonderful human being as he was passing away at the age of 41 is just not only shocking, but it's just upsetting. And the fact that, there was so much potential there to see uh, so much more. And if anything, it's just my condolences go out to his family, to his friends, to his loved ones. Just it's really sad just in general. That's all I can really say on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I said, I'm going to reserve my, uh, my comments for, uh, for boom goes to dynamite. Cause I know Paul and I are probably going to go pretty in depth on the topic, you know, given that, you know, it's on topic for that show. Um, yeah, that was just a, that was just a very, very shocking, stunning, upsetting thing to hear on, on Saturday night this past weekend, you know, right when we're all in you know, somewhat of a good holiday mood, I would assume, uh, for the most part, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, that was just not, yeah, that just was not something I, I was, I was hoping for. You know, just something you, you don't want to hear. But uh, anyway, our, our thoughts and prayers. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna have more to say on Boom Goes a Dynamite this week. So uh, stay tuned for that on on Wednesday night. So, uh, Chris, when last we convened, 
we were at the point of uh, the beginning of both Best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League, and we have the winners for both of those. Uh, yes, that we, we very much do. Uh, the winner of the World Tag League, it, it, it's funny to say it out loud when you really think about it, but first-time winners of the World Tag League, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Like I said, it, it, it seems so weird to say that out when you hear that out loud, but then you look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, they're usually the champions around this time. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, so they, uh, yeah, they win their first World Tag League. Well, it was really the one thing that they were missing on the resume at this point. For them as a team in, in New Japan. So given the circumstances, uh, given that for a majority of the year they were gone from the main uh, streamlined New Japan shows, but they were heavily featured on the strong New Japan of America branching of it. It it was probably the right time to do it, uh, especially if you're going to get them involved in the title picture for Wrestle Kingdom, which is very much going to be the case here. So, uh, But it is very much a situation where we've seen them in these finals and situations like that before, so it tends to be like the repetitive ad nauseum reaction seems to be how a lot of that was met for from a, quite a lot of people. Right, but at the same time, I mean, we we, we thought for... I, I thought for sure Finn Juice was going to take it and you know do be a repeat winner and then they pulled that which is fine it looks like it was a good choice on their part on new japan's part given what we know now regarding juice uh having a fracture you know he, he suffered a fractured uh orbital bone so he's out of wrestle kingdom now but that is that's mm-hmm. a whole that's a whole other cluster folks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a, it's that's a, whole a other different can of worms. And they did make a lemonade out of those lemons in another situation we'll talk about later on when we're previewing the two-night Wrestle Kingdom, which, yeah, again, we're getting another two nights, uh, which the past few days have made for a lot of interesting news on that end as well, not only from... The New Japan perspective, but what's going on in the country of Japan at the moment too? Yeah, so. well, we're going to cover that here in much more, in much more depth uh, shortly. Um, I just want to get to the best of the Super Junior. Of course, we all knew this was going to happen. Was Hiromu mm-hmm. winning it? And I think I, I didn't we call it being uh, Hiromu and and Despy? I believe we both. I believe the situation when we were both talking about it on social media as the tournament was going on it was that it, those were going to be the finals. I think you and Dave did predict that to be the finals last show around since he was filling in for me. No, 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 no. You were there the last time. Was I? Wait yeah, a minute. For, for 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 the nice episode, if you recall. Oh, okay. Never mind. Because you had something else with Dave there, and that's why I'm like, it's been a year, folks. It, it has Let's been a year. Put it that way. Yeah, but yeah, I, I believe I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I believe we we accurately called the final being Hiromu and Despy. I definitely had Hiromu winning it altogether. I knew I know that much. It yeah. was just a matter of recalling whether Despy was on the other side of the fence or if they were redoing the. Uh, Hiromu uh, Ishimori uh, rematch akin to how they did it two years ago. So, 
Uh, yeah, no, but you know, I, I will say this as far as best of the super juniors goes. Um, I felt I, I I felt remiss in that we completely overlooked show, and he looked good for most of the tournament. Yeah, he show did a lot of great work during the course of the tournament. I liked Master Wado showing a lot a lot of those matches as well. I think the tournament finally gave him something to sink his teeth into. That wasn't just um, Tenzin's adopted son kind of thing that they had going there for a while. Ishimori looked great as per usual. It was nice to see Robbie Eagles uh, come back and do a little bit of work as well. It's kind of unfortunate he won't be here for Wrestle Kingdom due to the fact that his dad just passed away two weeks ago and he just flew out to Australia immediately after the tournament was over. So he's done his quarantine and he's there now for the foreseeable future until, I guess, things get settled. So condolences to him and his family. That's rough. I had no idea. So, uh, yeah, our condolences to that. I didn't know. Uh but yeah, that I, I, I will admit, I did not pay attention to a whole lot of the World Tag League because we never do. <laughs> Unfortunately, throw, that's the world out the, there. We're no, we it's never the World do. Tag League syndrome. It's the World Tag League syndrome, unfortunately. I will say from what little I did catch of it, Dangerous Techers look, looked fine as they are. It should be really fun to see a new tag team of sorts being involved in that title match itself at Wrestle Kingdom. I really liked... Uh, Cobb and Okan together, the more that they started working during the course of this Torres ball. Them versus Dangerous Tackers was a really good tag match from what I did see of World Tag League as well. So while we're no fans of the Wasprey in this podcast in any way, shape, or form, it's nice having a new stable that's doing things in this company. Uh, it, e- even if the monkey's paw situation is Osprey running it. Well, it, well, th- there's the other thing too of you know the 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 tone deafness of a a, a British guy, a white British guy running a stable called the Empire. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> little tone deaf there. Yeah, you add in the fact that it's a Japanese man, and you know. Uh, uh, someone with Hawaii, uh, Hawaiian roots, you know, who represented Guam at the Olympics at one point doing the dirty work on top of it. It is just, it becomes an even bigger yikes. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> there's you the think other, about it. Yeah. And then there's the other thing of, of Cobb just suddenly turning and joining the stable. Which it's not bad in and of itself. If you just had the new Japan footage to go into, but then if you are watching strong over the past few months, you suddenly see this and then you see him still being, you know, booked as a baby face on the strong show in question because those tapings were done months and months prior. It just, it can mess up the juxtaposition a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that, that is one major thing I wanted to get into too, is, you know, the, the whole NGPW strong thing, which it, it's fine that NJPW want to run an American market, uh, you know, Friday night TV show since they, you know, haven't had one since Access went away. Mm-hmm. Since NJPW on Access went away, but boy, that 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 taping schedule just fucked with a lot of things. Like you, you like we we know that this is pre-taped now because the the guys are in Japan, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it, it's also a situation where I felt like they did make all those episodes to put it in the can in the odd situation that those guys couldn't 
go back if travel restrictions didn't lighten up for a little while there, but then they did, and then these guys did come back, and it's just been one bit of confusion after the other there uh, with certain things that have happened, but it's yeah. well, and, something well, that they look into in 2021. Right. But, I mean, there's some other things, too. Like, you know, it, it, it wasn't just, you know, those guys. It wasn't just like, you know, the likes of Kenta or Jay White or the Girls of Destiny or Juice or Finley or Cobb being there, but also like Alex Zane, you know, in the middle of, you know, one of these showings, you know, after these tapings and they're they're booking him and he's already show, he's already reported to the the WWE Performance Center. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you know, Danny Limelight you know, they put him with Team Filthy, but now he's also been showing up on uh, on on AEW Dark recently. Yes. So you know, it, it just it really it, it's the curse of the pre-tapes. I mean, more than anything, you, it's you, just something for them to look into come twenty twenty one, and ideally just uh, try to adjust or at least keep their uh, taping schedule somewhat curbed to as to avoid oddities like that but we'll wait and see what they do with it in 2021 in and of itself there but when talking about the uh best of super juniors world tag league combination that they had budokan was uh, not the initially expected arena for those finals to happen but it did and i think it lent itself to the background especially with hiromu and desperado as the finals on best of super juniors which just phenomenal match um oh god yes just it hit all the marks that it needed to between those two and i think it also helped cap off a year for el desperado where he's shown that he can do a lot more than the hole that he's been pigeonholed into over the past couple of years so ideally we see more of that for him in 2021 because that's a guy that deserves a little bit more limelight for yeah, sure. And, and, and lest we forget, that was also the first match in a in a long time that Kyosuke Mikami wrestled unmasked. Mm-hmm. You know, for for a good chunk of it. So I mean that 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 uh, that match was was nice. It was it was excellent. Hiromu's yeah. statement. Post match made absolutely no sense to me, which was he wanted the, to challenge not not the IWGP champion, but he wanted to challenge the Super J Cup winner, which was crowned the next night. Yeah, well, technically, it was actually another pre-tape show, and we know it was pre-tape because two of the wrestlers in this were in other places mm-hmm. live. Uh, Chris Bay. Made it to a semifinal, but he he was also challenging um, Rich Swan for the Impact World Title. The Impact World Title, and Leo Rush was. I mean, he he went out in the first round, but he also uh, was Arachno at Triple A's Triple Mania that night too. Yeah, one of the Marvel Comics wrestlers. mm -hmm. They just did those tapings at once, which you know, fair enough. Get everybody the building for one day run for your show, let them go in their own merry way, uh, you know, self-quarantine, do what they got to do in the aftermath of it. But the decision for 
this match I think makes more sense because af- in the aftermath of it where the website kind of explained that it was Hiromu's way of proving himself to be the best junior regardless of tournament and with the winner of these two tournaments that have happened having the right to face Taiji Ishimori the next night especially since it is a two-night affair I get why they went that route but once again uh El Fantasmo comes out victorious at a Super J Cup uh, wins it for the second time uh second in a row for a winner of the past two years and just Ugh. A lot of apathetic feelings about <laughs> yeah. it all over the place, which... Well, at least this time he wasn't making any uh, slurs against autistic people. Yeah. This time. For once, just somebody told him to shut up about that. Yeah. Which... But yeah, that, that was just... Ugh. Uh, uh, of all people to get to, 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 to put over. <laughs> El Fantasmo. Okay. I mean, ACH was right there. ACH would have yeah. been a great match. I mean... <laughs> We're literally here going, ACH was right there, you guys. What the hell? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Uh, I will give one positive note on this, which was uh, Ren Narita mm-hmm. having his first match since, uh, I think it was, he, he was at a Warrior show in February against uh, yeah. against Alex Shelley. I think that was his last match before... The Super Jacob, even though this was taped God knows when. Mm-hmm. Which was funny when they said, uh, you know, Carl Fredericks was announced. Oh, wait, he's injured. Uh, okay, when was this taped? Because, yeah, w- w- when was Carl's injury, exactly? Yeah. I figured it must have been somewhere in between. Uh, the timing is hard to tell, but hopefully Carl's okay and fully clear to do wrestle stuff in 2021 then. Yeah, but... Um... Yeah, so again, Ren Narita uh, back. I hope he he comes back. You know, what? I, I I want Shooter to come back too. He's like, we once we know where those two are, we can rest easy. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's the main thing. We're just holding with beta breath because, at this because point. we found we because we I mean through the year we found out where Kawada was and we found out where uh, where Oka was because he yes, came back. So mm-hmm. just hope ideally, you know, we see. Ideally, if we do figure out this whole pandemic thing by summer at the latest, these guys can sort of come back and do work the more, you know, lion, young lion on an excursion thing where they can go to all different sorts of different shows and where they've been set off to and ideally work different styles, work with different people and just learn and grow. Because if there is one thing pandemic did the pro wrestling was just sort of bring a lot of like pre-planned things for a lot of different companies down to a screeching halt. So yeah, be nice well, to see. Yeah. Except if you're, GC, it's, it's, except if you're GCW where you, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to think about no, that. No, let's again. not even get into that. Nope. We're not, we're not knocking down that tree because we'll, we'll stay here a while if we do. Yeah, so I, I'm just still very aggrieved at, at how that was handled. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially in a city I used to live in, you know, very much so. And... Uh, uh, so let, let, let's get back to some positivity here. Uh, during the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, not not much happened uh, except for Toriano. Now the the definitive KOPW for 2020. Hey, he, he body slammed the giant. Just Toriano's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> 
may not may still not be our New Japan Wrestler of the Year. We'll talk about that on side B, but mm-hmm. um, but did you see now? Yoshinobu Kanemaru was out of Best of Super Juniors. Yes. Because of a knee injury. injury. So, yeah, Yuya Uemura, unfortunately, did not, did not get a, a courtesy win. No, he didn't. But at the very least, he showed out and did some decent stuff in his matches. So, that's all I can ask for, especially with New Japan's style of, hey, the Young Lions are going to lose like 9.99 out of 10 times. So Yeah. Um, but... Uh, so he, he, he did return, however, uh, he, he was, he was back for, uh, the tour. Tokyo yes. Dome. So was, uh, Tiger Mask. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, he finally returned. Now he was ill. He, he, it was not COVID. It was a uh, colonic diverticulitis, mm-hmm. which is pretty nasty. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's nasty. You know, I I don't know if I brought this up on the show before, but do you remember when um, do you remember when uh, Kota Ibushi was sick in the beginning of the year? I and do recall that. They yes. even said it was it was maybe Mallory Weiss syndrome, and I'm starting to wonder maybe if I wonder if Kota had COVID. They just didn't realize the, it yet, or at the very least, if it was a situation where back at the time where. Because, yeah, that would make sense for if he got very mild symptoms of it, but we weren't at uh, full pandemic status at that time yet. It could have been, honestly. could have been something like that. And yeah. He had to take a couple of weeks off. It's not my prerogative, per se, to like play at physician by any way. No, no, not at all. But that I mean, is okay. No, no, not at all. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, well, they, they kept saying it was like this rare condition. I'm thinking... The more I'm thinking about it, I was, I, I'm wondering if they, he just had undiagnosed COVID. <laughs> you know? Who knows, man? At this point, uh, yeah, it's one of those questions we're not going to get an answer to. Right, yeah. So. I mean, it's nine, it's nine months later. He's obviously still around, and he's going to be in the uh, the main event at le- of at least one night of, of a Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's talk some Wrestle Kingdom. Because, I mean, that, that that's, you know, the New Japan year is over. And you know we we know uh, you know we, we know what uh, what's up. But first, let's talk some uh, Tokyo sports. Indeed. And their awards and uh, a, a now three-time MVP Tetsuya Naido. Do you agree with this? I do think that for Tokyo Sports, which is a publication that wants to sell papers. A company like New Japan being the biggest company in town, one of their guys making the Tokyo Sports Award uh, winner in this case with Tetsuya Naito is a fair pick. And I think it makes sense because Naito's been the double champion for a majority of the year. He's had the big moments with, you know, Wrestle Kingdom finally getting it done, winning the uh, two belts, being the first guy to do so. Having that uh, moment at Jingu Stadium as well, too. So there's a lot of exposure that can be done with that. But I can also see the case for Goshiozaki and Noah being made as well, given the year that he had. Just unfortunately, I do think that for Tokyo Sports, that it was more of a big media versus like small media coverage type of bias that may have influenced the call for Naito in this case over Go. But I think both men have cases to be the MVP. Well, 
I, I, I don't know if there was a case for Go Shiozaki to be the MVP. I know that there was a case for, you know, for the for the the best bout, you know, the match of the year, which was given to uh, Naito versus Kazuchika Okada, the uh, the main uh, event, so Kingdom, the, yeah, the main from event fish. of yeah the the main event of uh, the January fifth uh, Wrestle Kingdom show, um, you know, which I I, I can't really. I, I can't really argue against that because that was possibly the most meaningful match <laughs> of a major company this year. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, they did make a, 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 a public case for Go Shiozaki versus Kazuyuki Fujita uh, from their GHC uh, championship match at Corican Hall on March 29th of 2020. I... Now, I am going to say this: it, that match was a spectacle. Mm-hmm. It very much was a spectacle. Um, but they did also make a point about no crowd post-pandemic wrestling, which we've had that argument ourselves too. You know, up here and on Boom Goes the Dynamite and, and elsewhere. You know, it, it, we, we've made that. You know, it, it, is wrestling better without crowds? Well, no, it isn't. You know, but I mean, at, at the very least, it, they 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 acknowledged the match and you know reasoned it out. I think, even though yeah, they did give it to the bigger company, of course. But um, yeah, at the same time, Shiozaki did win the Outstanding Performance Award too. Yes, he did. And uh, you know, Takashi Sugiura and Kazushi Sakuraba of Noah were the best tag team. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi winning Fighting Spirit. Well, that should be a given. <laughs> yeah, given the circumstances, that much was kind of an ob- obvious call. Uh, award, the Technique Award going to DDT's Tetsuya Endo made me smile as well because that's another guy who's had a fantastic year and, and, and on his end as well. It, and probably one that's overdue as mm-hmm. well. I remember, I remember meeting Endo. Uh, we were talking. <laughs> D and I were talking to him during. Um, it, it, it was during the, uh, what was it? Oh God. The DDT, it was the DDT coming to America show yeah, last it, it year. Was. I'm, trying remember, I'm trying to remember the, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the match. So it was, uh, it, it was, uh, Takashita against, uh, it was Kanosuke Takashita Sasaki. against, uh, Daisuke Sasaki. We, it was D, the main D, event, right. Yeah, D and mm-hmm. I were actually talking to Endo cause he came right up to us cause we were front row. And uh, we were right. Wasn't to... that the Matt, the Matt Pauly conversation that you all had? Yeah, where he was. <laughs> yeah, I said, "Where's Matt Pauly?" Oh yeah, and Endo is actually. Oh, you know Matt Pauly? I'm like, not watching. Person- yeah. not, not personally, <laughs> no. But <laughs> it's like we know who he is. Yes. Oh, but... uh, that uh. show was great, Dion. Dion and, and and part of my shirt made it onto Japanese TV. Mm-hmm. From that, and uh, yeah, Dion got assaulted by Dan Shokudino at that show. We don't talk. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, so you and I were eating empanadas and watching that. We we're like, oh god, D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there was a, if, if there was a proper match to leave front row and just eat empanadas, that one was that definitely was, it. Especially given one. like. Who, Especially given who else was in that match now, who we don't talk about. Uh, no, we, we do not anymore. talk about that. Um, but but anyway, hey, shout out to was, shout out to Dion yeah. and Bunches. We 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 I I miss you too, really. I do. 
Absolutely. Um, Another thing that was interesting, though, for the Joshi Grand Prize winner this year, Julia over in Stardom, which is another Bushi Road wrestling company at this point, getting the prize on that. Kind of caught a lot of people by surprise because some people made cases for like Mayo Iwatami or uh, just a couple of other names got mentioned as well from other spots too. So it's just interesting that that was their choice. You know, the, 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 there could have been a case for that to have been a memorial award for Hanakamura too. Yeah, that as well. But uh, uh, I'll let Joshi Twitter take this discord course accordingly on their yeah. spectrum. So. Well, you know, there, but you know, it, it did also lead to some um, horse shit uh, on some, on certain people's uh, parts. Uh, claiming Julia is not a Japanese wrestler. Like, oh, oh. God, that one person, which is just... Buddy, the worst bu- part about it is that... Buddy, apparently- buddy, buddy. I mean, I, I, I know this is somebody on a competing podcast, too, but, uh oh, buddy, buddy, what are you doing, man? <laughs> That's just in such poor taste, especially if you're by ratio yourself and you're saying this sort of thing. It's just... Like, come on, man. Even if he, even if he's not, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's not. It was not the right thing to say. And I know. Are, 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 we, gonna make the, are we gonna make the case that Shono's not Japanese because he was born in Seattle? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very much one of those circumstances where I know a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about Julia ever since she left Ice Ribbon for starting the way that she did, but. This discourse is not it. Chief. Well, yeah, the, the, it is not it to racially all. abuse somebody. You know? Yeah, exactly. Just so fucking dumb. Oh, fuck me. You know, sometimes. You know, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there, and a, a lot of a lot of Twitter Twitterati for for pro res really got some issues. You know, I <laughs> uh, you know. I'm sure you could make a case. I do too, but you know the the the, the fact is is that yeah, you you don't racially abuse somebody like that just to make a comedic point, you know. Mm-hmm. Just and, and and you know, thankfully the 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 co-hosts uh, on that show called him out for it immediately, you know. But anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, it's not a point that sh- it's not a point that should have ever been made. In any way, shape, or form, but it's good to see that the people around them immediately call them out on said point, if anything. Yeah, that like, was. Ugh. Well, you know, and but, you know, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I, I'm not the stardom guy uh, of this program. You, you, you are more the stardom guy. So it, slightly it, it, more, slightly more, but even not that much per se, uh, compared to a couple of other people that I know of. I just think that for me in particular. You could have made the argument for some other girls to get that award, but I think that Julia is someone that stardom sees the big money main event or potential on, and they're going to push that over the next couple of years. Whether people like it or not, uh, that's their prerogative, but I, mean, do, I do, do think... Do you think she does not deserve it? I don't think that she doesn't, know, but I could see the argument for other girls being made that might have deserved it a little bit more than she does. I think it can be something that is uh, proper discourse as long as you, you know, be respectful 
respectful about it and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to have always going to have differing opinions on, yeah. on people. For me, for me personally, I would have gone Mayu myself, Mayu Iwatani, but that's that. So okay, fair enough. Um, now noted in this is that uh, number one, uh, the the best newcomer was not given this year. Mm-hmm. Nor were the special award, nor the wrestling special award, which actually is uh, given to amateur wrestlers uh, right. on that point. But also, the actual award ceremony will not be held because of COVID-19, which is a damn shame because we all know that Hiromu's suit would have been fly. Yeah, it would have been amazing. And it's also like... So much fun because I think even for the wrestlers themselves, it's a good way for them to interact with one another from like outside other companies. You you get some really cool photo ops from time oh, to time yeah. as well. Like we were talking a lot last year when Kiyomiya and Kento Miyahara got together and had a couple of photos between him and the two of them were sort of in talks about that whole wrestling summit thing that Kazuchika Okada was pushing for heavily as well yeah. too before exactly. the pandemic hit. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, uh, you know, we uh, thrilled to the year when we knew that both uh, Kento Miyahara and, uh, oh, God, uh, what's his name? Fuck. What can I think of his name? Noah Na- Nakajima. Na- Nakajima. Nakajima. Yeah. Nakajima. Yes. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I don't know why I, I blanked on him, but we know that those two were going to be together in the same room. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Given the circumstances with Miyahara having less than positive experiences with Kento Office, while the other one is basically Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto's adopted son at this point. Yeah, so <laughs> that was... Uh... That was fun. Uh, I, I just want to point out, though, that this is uh, the seventh best bout award in a row for Kazuchika Okada. Uh, a record at this point with Tenryu, isn't he? No, 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 no. He is tied with Kenta Kobashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, if he gets another one, which I don't think he will this year. <laughs> I, I don't think he will this year. Um. He, that would put him, you know, would it, if he, if he gets his next one, whenever that is, that will tie him with Tenru. Okay. But as of now, he's tied with Kobashi. So, again, I know this is something we we, we say from time to time. When do we start having? How how soon before we can have the Okada in the goat conversation? Yeah, it's the discourse is there. I mean. A lot of recency biases from folks who's going to say that, you know, 2020 was an off year for them, the money clip, and so on and so forth. And those are valid valid complaints oh, yeah. that you can have. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, that, It's that, just that, overall, when you look at it, whenever his career ends, which who knows how long that's going to be considering the neck break pace that he's been at the past couple of years. Like, you just have to think, like, somebody in that office has to be telling him, hey, Slow down for like a year or two, so that maybe you last into your forties. So just... that, that, that that might have been this year. Perhaps so. Uh, that, that might have been this year. But I think it is a conversation that can be explored down the line. I still think it is a little too early, even though there are some arguments that can start to be made. So, uh, so since we were talking about stardom, 
let, let, let's talk some stardom a little bit as it relates to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, first of all, have you seen that new logo? Yes, I like it. Do you? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's not. It, it, oh, go ahead. I, I, I want to hear your. Uh... It's definitely not like as idol-ish looking, which is sort of the image that Stardom has had in their logo for quite some time. I do think it very much falls within the sort of Bushi Road kind of branding of stuff in a way, especially if they're trying to take it a slightly different direction where they're focusing more on the wrestling side and maybe less of Rossi's uh, slightly more <coughs> carny tendencies. Um. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rossi, Carney, you know, those two things go together like peanut butter and jelly, not, I guess. Not, not Rossi. No, absolutely not Rossi Ogawa. Yeah, not, yeah not. Not, not, not the guy who, who the the opening video, the, the, the debut show video for Arshin, which, by the way, I loved Arshin. Uh, you know, the, the company co-founded by Aja Kong was all the women posing, you know, from the shoulders up, but they were still clearly topless, you know. Yeah. 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 Th- th- thank you, Rossi Ogawa. Oh, Ar- Arshin ruled. If 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 ever. Uh... Arshin was fun though. Oh, a lot God. of great. You know what? That, that would be a po- that's a podcast project for the future. Waiting to happen. There we go. That's the twenty twenty one project. Uh, twenty twenty one project. Just rewatching Arshin as much as you know as much. Yeah. Uh, Arshin as we can chronologically because the 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 rise of Ayako Hamada in that promotion was mm-hmm. fucking th- that was for thrilling. Sure. That was thrilling. I Ayako Hamada I think is one of the more underrated talents that have come out of that particular era oh, to God. say the least. And, and, um, well, yeah, well unfortunately her her downfall was pretty tragic. Yeah. Obviously. But anyway, moving but on. But back to the lo- back to the logo really quickly. I do like it but i also don't think the rebranding of it is as good as say what noah did with theirs which for me initially i thought the noah logo looked underwhelming at first but then i saw it with the ring mats and everything else and i'm like wow this actually works really well no, so I'm, well, i want to see what stardom do with theirs first too yeah because that noah logo projecting. that noah logo i still don't like it because it looks like a cbs affiliate mm-hmm. you know <laughs> Like it's something you, you see flash up on the screen coming up after the after the NFL. <laughs> young, stay tuned for Young Sheldon and the GHC World Title. You know it. You know this is what it would it, it screen me. This one, the, the Stardom logo here looks like, I don't know, like something like you'd see on a, a on a mall kiosk, to me. Fair. But you yeah. know, again, I'm not. You know, again, maybe things are moving on and, you know, pro wrestling logos are, are going to be evolving this way, you know. It's a, it's a wait and see approach, but yeah, I'm very much more interested to see how they do it for the ring as well as uh, aprons and stuff like that. And if they're going to do like different colors with it as well, or if it's just going to be the plain kind of black and white type yeah. of Well, they're going uh, to redesign the titles too. I wonder, yeah, that is uh, I mean, Dra- interesting. Because Dragon Gate redid their belts recently, mm-hmm. with because they they went to a different logo. Yeah, so. it's something to be on the lookout for for sure. But again, that's only like one part of this uh, sort of uh, stardom announcements that we had, uh, because as it turns out, 
uh, Wrestle Kingdom, at least one of its nights, will be graced again with Stardom Dark matches. And yeah, not just one, two of them this two, time around. Two Dark matches, which I saw a lot of people... We'll, we'll get to the full card here shortly. Um, I, I, I did see a lot of people were, were crowing about, hey, uh, you know, at least B Priestley isn't uh, taking part in those Dark matches. And I'm thinking... You know B Priestley is going to be featuring heavily on on Wrestle Kingdom the main show. Yeah, it's I, like, I, I, no, I don't know no why you're she's thinking. going she's yeah, she's going to be the valet for the Okada Osprey match guys, right? Yeah, you, you do realize that, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like B Priestley is going to be the 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 one the Stardom wrestler featured most on Wrestle Kingdom. Like come on now. But, you know, what, what What can you do? Uh, speaking of people who will not be at Wrestle Kingdom, unless there is a, a tremendous swerve that we all don't see coming, I'm going to say it's 98.6% certain that uh, John Moxley will not be at Wrestle Kingdom and this Kenta briefcase thing is going to just go on ad nauseum. Yeah, I do have the feeling at this point, especially with Japan closing its borders after I think it was today five people or so, yeah five people or so uh, from within the UK and South Africa I think is what it was with that new strand of COVID were found and diagnosed in the country. I think it's just going to be a situation where after January fifth is all said and done, Kenta's just going to be given the vacated uh, IWGP US title at this point because. There's no way I think Moxley makes it there by February to like do the one year like statute of limitations due to COVID title defense thing. So, I mean, well, I mean, it, now we thought perhaps he might have made it. I, 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 I hear, I hear your dog has some thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if. Now, from the last time he was seen on Dynamite, which was losing the AEW World Championship to Kenny Omega, that was plenty of time for him to quarantine at the Tokyo Dome Hotel and maybe show up on the final day of, of New Japan to answer Kenta's challenge. But that did not happen. And now we have Satoshi Kojima challenging Kenta. So and, and once, once again, this was the lemons being, uh, you know, lemonade being made out of lemons situation there because it's awesome that Kojima gets a moment, even if it took, you know, almost a year for he, him to do so without him being in the G1 and stuff like that. So he, it's he, nice his, to see him be featured. Yeah, he, like he, this. his first singles match in the dome since Wrestle Kingdom eight. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, do, do, do you I'm super what, excited for him. Do you remember what that match was? It was him versus Tanahashi for the heavyweight title, wasn't it? No, that was the year before. No, that was the year before? no. God, that was Wrestle Kingdom five. Okay, so that was quite some time ago. Yeah, that's on me. Okay, uh, no, it was it was he Kojima beat Rob Conway oh for the God. NWA World Heavyweight Title. Oh God, that was when Bruce Starp and Rob Conway were a thing. Yes. Oh shit. Oh yes, <laughs> taking you back, aren't I? <laughs> Just a little, <laughs> just a little. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, the point is, is that 
And, and Moxley has been announced for this week's episode of Dynamite now. Now, this could be a pre-tape promo. It probably could be, and it seems like things are getting changed up a little bit, too, because of uh, the unfortunate passing of John Huber as well, too. Yeah. So, But, you know, with that being said, yeah, I, yeah, I, I will be very surprised if Moxley actually does show up. At this mm-hmm. point, I mean, th- there's still a very slim possibility. I would not bet money on it happening. And then, you know, also, too, you, you, you mentioned the the closing of the borders, which is now taking effect as of today. Um, prior to that, uh, tomorrow, as we re- record this, tickets are going to stop sale for Wrestle Kingdom because the government capped attendance of venues or events with 10,000 person or more capacity at 5,000 people. Yes, and I believe the whole circumstance is that New Japan did surpass those numbers for both nights, so now tickets are completely capped off and they're just going to basically uh, conform to pretty much all the similar standards with COVID that they have been doing and just making sure that they're spacing people out as much as possible but it definitely is a situation where unfortunately for new japan they're not going to get the full number of people that they would have wanted in the dome for both those nights so it's right just... well but so here's the thing though is that they've been right now new japan has been running at one-third capacity since the restart back in june well, if you cap this at 5,000, which it seems like it's going to be more than 5,000, so we'll just say for the sake of argument 6,000. Um, so that's going to be far less than that. Because, yeah. because I mean, New Bushiro considered 40,000 last year a sellout. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Antonio Inoki used to regularly claim 50,000 in the Dome. Right, yeah. But, you know, the, the, he, you know it's Inoki. He might have been lying about that. <laughs> Papering the crowd, I mean, it sounds like a very Inoki thing to do, but... Yeah, I mean, it, but I mean, it was common, that was the common practice back then. Yeah, exactly. And during I mean, that yeah, era, so specifically, the, so something that they be, did. Right, so this is going to be anywhere from, you know, I'm going to say one-eighth to one-tenth capacity in the Dome. This is not no, going to be a profitable be- show. No, it's definitely not. And I think, unfortunately, regardless of the circumstances with the Dome, they were going to run into that during this pandemic era. This is just kind of an extra blow on top of it, where I think at max you end up getting thirteen to 14,000 total between both nights, the way that things are. So it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, either way, it's not going to be... I don't know. I mean, are you... Well, you know what? We should run. Let's run down the card, and then let's just see how worth it the show is actually going to be. Worth it, worth running in the dome. So, of course, our uh, our on the on January the fourth, the traditional day of Wrestle King, uh, we start off with the AOPW twenty twenty one New Japan Ranbo, which okay is nice that the Ranbo is coming back, but at the same time. Um, you, you ran limited amount of matches and limited amount of wrestlers, and now you're going to throw 22 people into the same ring? A part of me wonders if they're just going to really try to space it out to like three or four people at the time in, in the course of the ring or do it as sort of like 
1v1s, someone gets eliminated, get the other person. I would assume that everybody's getting tested, obviously, making sure that they're in the best health that they can be, but it is taking a risk, that much is for certain, if they do it under the traditional style. It, so. it really is taking a risk. I think this is... I think it's an unnecessary one. This could lead to... I mean, this could make the locker room of the Tokyo Dome a vector. You know? And I stress the word yeah. could, you know? Because mm-hmm. we don't know how they're going to space people out. It could be just a situation where they are separating them by factions in different locker rooms inside the Tokyo Dome and you know those are your limited bubbles up at that point but yeah, yeah it's just it, it there are some concerns there but at the same time so far into this run since coming back with crowds and the like New Japan has not ran into any issues where attendees or even wrestlers have been diagnosed with COVID and for anyone that might have been at risk of it, they've been good about pulling them out immediately before right. it happens. So Yeah, now, now that, again, obviously this is wrestling, so we had to take what they say with a grain of salt, but at the same yeah, time, 100%. I can also say that, you know, th- this is something that could really get some A on Bushiroad's face if they're, if, if they're not being truthful about that, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I definitely think they would have no reason to lie on it on the basis that Bushi Road would be the ones with the egg on their face if they turn out to be the ones being deceitful here. And that's just not something a big time company like theirs won on their resume, especially yeah. amidst an obvious pandemic. So Right. So anyway, the Rambo's gonna be here. I, I have no idea who's gonna be taking part of it. God I hope everybody it doesn't contract COVID from it. Because mm-hmm. that yeah, just seems like crossed. too many damn people. Um, our next match on the fourth will be uh, Hiromu Takahashi, the best of the Super Juniors 27 winner, versus El Fantasmo, Super Jacob winner. The winner takes on Taiji Ishimori the next night for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. This has to be Hiromu. Yeah, I think it makes for a good story for Hiromu to get through two of Bullet Club's best juniors uh, back-to-back to basically not only reclaim the title that he lost the Jin- Jingu to Taiji Shimori with a messed-up shoulder, but also just prove that he has the strongest uh, junior heavyweight on the planet currently. So. Yeah. And it's a good story. And, and, you yeah, know, and, I you know, And, you know, the, the placement of the match on, on, on the fifth, I mean, kind of gives it away. But Yeah, very true, which just... Well, yeah. let's talk about that here shortly. Um, the the next match, uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, uh, Taiichi and Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Techers versus the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tonga Loa. Which way do you see this one going? I do think the Techers might retain on this one just because it's been a really good reign by a new team that we haven't seen uh, getting it done as often. But they could just go ahead and go, hey, G.O.D.'s back in town. Let's just let them have another reign with the tag titles and so forth. I could see it going either way, to be honest with you. So. Realize we had three different brand new tag team uh, champions this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Between 100%. Finjuice, Golden Ace, and Dangerous Techers. 
this is kind of what the tag division needs a little bit more of just not necessarily like the old teams going by the wayside or anything. They can definitely still be involved in the title picture and challenges, but you need new teams to sort of freshen things up a little bit. And that's for New Japan. I would have to say that them doing that and having that Golden Aces versus Dangerous Tackers as the key tag team feud throughout the course of 2020 was one of the good things that they did during this uh, pandemic era. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I would tend to agree with that. Uh, our next match, uh, the the already mentioned uh, IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Challenge rights match, uh, Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima in his first singles match since, at the Dome since 2014. Uh, this has got to be Kenta, though. Yeah, it's just Kenta at this point. He is the next uh, IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Whether Moxley is going to defend and give it up to him or he gets it through a vacant uh, you know championship match or just redeems the briefcase outright for the title after january 6th uh it's a wait and see situation but but it's but it's all signs are pointing out but it's been a complete disaster so <laughs> there's that <laughs> on behold yeah whole situation has been a disaster um Next match, special the first of two special singles matches. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Okan. There's no way Tanahashi doesn't win this. <laughs> because I do think it's very much a Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White situation, but it is going to highlight Great Okan as a guy that's going to be a major player in the company over these next few years. What do you think of Like Oka? He's going to look strong. What, what do you think I like- of Oka? I think he's been getting better and better. Like, he may not be, like, a world-beater type prospect. Like, obviously, Hiromu Takahashi's kind of the measuring stick at this point for guys who not only succeeded in their excursions, but then exceeded expectations after coming back. But I think Oka has a place for him in the company. And to where, over these next few years, don't be surprised if he's won a couple of tag titles, if he's won a never open weight championship, he's gonna be a part of this company for a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, it's the right move to have a vet like Tanahashi work with him to help establish him uh, in the main canon of the company. I, I do wanna say that um I think that uh it, it, it's nice that Oka did something different with his Mongolian chops. Cause you know Tenzon does that the shh Noise and everybody mocks him for that now, but now Oka does does that, yeah, that's screaming when he does it. You notice that? Yeah. And that's one of those things, just the little character touches are uh, starting to come together. The moveset is fairly good for a guy of his size, uh, and I think that has still potential to improve. I just do think that Oka deserves a chance like this to sink or swim and show the office that. Either he's got what it takes to really be up there at this point, or, hey, he worked a good match with Tanahashi, but he needs a little bit more work. Let's focus on that in 2021. Yeah. I, I just think it's the right place to do it. It's the right veteran to have him work with. And I love that Tanahashi, because let's face it, Tanahashi is still a kingpin in this company. If he did not want this match happening, he could have just as easily said, hey, I'm not doing that. Give me somebody else. And they would have accommodated him for it without any issues. Yeah, so most likely. 
The uh, the next match is Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. I'm just going to point out that with with these two special singles matches, this is the first Wrestle Kingdom in actually in, I think in the Wrestle Kingdom era since they started naming the shows at that neither Hiroshi Tanahashi nor Kazuchika Okada were in the main event. Yeah, I think this is the first at this point. Yeah. And it took them a long time to get away from Tanahashi, as you recall. <laughs> yes, very true. <laughs> kind of had some issues moving away from him being in the main yeah. event. I, I, do, I do think this one specifically is something that Okada wanted because, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show and in many shows beforehand, we're not we're not fans of Will Ospreay in this podcast as a person in any way, shape, or form. But I do recognize the fact that this has been Okada's sort of like little brother, if you will, for many years, uh, ever since recruiting him into chaos in the first place after they initially had a match in Rev Pro many years ago. So this has been a long time coming. There is a lot of story here, and I think Okada wanted to do this with Osprey at some point or, or another, and I wouldn't be surprised if Osprey gets the shine and gets the win here just on the basis of Okada kind of, you know, uh, wanting to push his uh, little kohai, if you will. Yeah. Even well, if I'm I mean, a fan of the decision. I mean, Okada laid down for, for Jay White. Uh, what was it? That was Wrestle Kingdom 5, 13. Yes, I believe. Yeah, it would have been 13. Which, in case, th- th- there are more parallels to, to, to 13 and 15 than one would think, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, yeah. And then the main event of night one, uh, the double gold IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships, Tetsuya Naito against Kota Ibushi. Everybody's necks are tensing up. Just add that statement along because we know, <laughs> we know what's coming. There's going to be, there's going to be a hellified neck bump in this match, folks. Let me put your mind at ease. It's going to happen. So It's just... going to happen. It may happen more than once, knowing how crazy these two are when it comes to trying to outdo one another. Um, we can say this from experience, having seen them personally go at it at Madison Square Garden, you know, just almost two years ago at this point. And just these are guys that will go at full speed at one another and who have no issues taking risks because I think the level of trust is just that much in between them. The result on this is really interesting to me because I do think that if you consider what's happening there with this main event and who's waiting for them on January 5th, I think regardless of who you have ultimately walking out of the Tokyo Dome at the end of January 5th with both belts, I think there's a story to be told there, no matter which one does it. But the crowds not being as big as they would be at a Tokyo Dome compared to years past, it does make me wonder if they decide to wait on giving Kota Ibushi his like beacon, you know, his tailor-made moment that we know is going to happen at one point here. Uh, it does make me wonder if they're just going to hold on on that until. At the very least, they have a good thirty to 40,000 there to witness it. So it does make me think Naito could retain here on night one. See, I think it's the opposite. I think that this is the storyline that they've been building up to because <laughs> Co- with Kota winning 
uh, G1, and then you know, the, you know, two years in a row now getting wronged, and then getting wronged both on the briefcase situation, right? Sure. And you know, him, you know, talking about ascending at, you know, his apothe- God, yeah, his apotheosis. Let's just say. Um, <laughs> And uh, that's a big word, I know, but <laughs> but, it, yeah. but but it's the accurate one. Um, yeah, like I said, I think any of the three guys in this picture that you decide to go with at the end of the day, there's a story to be told there. But I do think that out of the three, Ibushi's is probably the most compelling given everything that's happened. So I, whichever way this main event goes, I'm not minding it at all because I think yeah. they'll have made the right call. And, and Naito's it. yeah, and Naito's been the face of the company for the year, even though yes, it was the pandemic year, but he was still the face of it, and mm-hmm. you know he he still did his you know he he still did what he had to do, you know yeah, even you know Definitely. even all through the the evil storyline, which we all knew it was Jay White. Mm-hmm. It was supposed that to be Jay White. To yeah, it was supposed to be Jay White. But yeah. alas. But alas. Um, but no, this is fine. So I think, yeah, let's just go with Kota Ibushi taking this one just for the purposes of talking about day two and even some stuff on side B that we'll cover eventually. So Yeah, we will. Okay, so that was uh, night one. And we go to night two, January the 5th, 2021. Um, the first two matches will not be shown. Because these are the the uh, the aforementioned uh, stardom special matches, uh, but uh, you, you I'll, I'll let you take uh, take these two. Since you're, you're, sure you're, you're, you're the unofficial stardom guy here. Oh goodness, yeah, the stardom offer matches, which just recently announced some very interesting calls here, according to certain people, uh, and we'll just go through. The two of them. The first one of those two that were announced are the uh, stars. Uh, well, not really the stars team, I think, anymore, because I think Tom Nakano was split off into a different faction of sorts. But it's her, Tom Nakano, and Mayu Iwatani, who is, you know, the top champion in Stardom, Red Bell holder, against the Donna Del Mundo team of Julia and Siuri. Oh, so, oh, oh, time out, time out. Mayu Iwatani is no longer the, the Red Belt champion. Wait, did she lose? She lost it to Utami Hayashishida, who was oh, in the wait, other no, match. My, my apologies, yes. No, I keep thinking, for the most part, Mayu holding the belt throughout the course of the year, but then, yeah, Utami did beat her recently for it. So, just... Uh, oh, oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brain had to reset there for a second. But yes, Mayu and Nakano against Julian Siuri. So that's the first one of the two, and then yeah, now, now Julia and Siri also hold titles, and they recently just had a time limit draw in a unification match. Yes, Julia and time limit draws have been a thing that has happened a lot of in 2020. It's been kind of a meme for Joshi Twitter recently mm. in that regard. So, uh, but then the other match is an interesting one where you have the Queen's Quest stable with uh, Saya Kamitani. Uh, Pice V champion Azumi, AZM, and then the current, you know, world of stardom champion, excuse me, world of stardom champion Utami Hayashishida taking on the Donna de Mundo trio of Maika, Natsupoi, and Himeka, which a lot of people have been upset at this one in the fact that uh, the leader of Queen's Quest, Momo Watanabe, was not included in this match in any way. Hmm. But. 
Okay. It's also, it's also some of the discourse where a lot of people, I think, a lot of people speculate that Rossi ha- Ogawa has this opinion of that Mobo is a very good wrestler and able to, you know, do title matches and you know contribute to the card, but that he doesn't see like a star in her as he sees like Utami and a couple of this, these other girls. But yeah, a lot of people think it's unfair that Momo's missing out on that. And, you know, it is unfortunate because, yeah, Momo Watanabe is the leader of Queen's Quest, so you would think that her over Azumi or over, uh, Sa- uh, over Saya would have been the call here to be made. But, hey, that's uh, Stardom's business, not mine, unfortunately. I, I can only imagine what why Rossi doesn't think that uh, Momo is as much of a star as, as someone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see also, yeah. see also Rossi Ogawa. Just Rossi Ogawa in general. Just... Yeah. Jesus a lot, a lot of people want to fight this man in a parking lot. And I don't blame him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably had it coming for a while. Honestly. <laughs> true. Very true. I'm just amazed he's actually still involved because I, I would have thought that Bushiroad would have curbed a lot of his bullshit by now. Uh, alas, uh, we don't know the specifics of how that contract works out. So, all right. Well, we, we do but know- apologies to everyone in Stardom fandom for my confusion there between the Mayu Utami situation. That's uh, on me. We we do know for a fact that they, these two matches will not be shown on either NJPW World or Fight TV, and maybe not even Stardom World, um, because of TV contracts that were pre-existing yep. when Bushi Road bought uh, when Bushi Road uh, bought Stardom. So. Sadly, yeah, it's probably yeah, going to they... sit in the bin until they get re- until the TV contracts probably get renegotiated. At this point, is what I feel like. Yeah. So, but I mean, we'll we'll have the results on the blog regardless. Uh, after that, we go to the main show, uh, which starts off with uh, the the last four of the the New Japan Ranbo from the night before in a four way match to determine the provisional KOPW twenty twenty one. Yep, it's a new it's a new year, and we need to crown a KOPW twenty twenty one champion. So we'll see who the people are on this. It, it, is, is it just going to be Toriano again? <laughs> because I mean, let's face. It. I think I think Toriano is going to be involved in this some way somehow, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a new person to at least start the year, and then right. we'll see where it goes. Uh, next up, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Uh, El Desperado and Yoshi Kanemaru. Yoshi, let's try that again. Yoshinobu Kanemaru um, defending against a new team of Ryusuke Taguchi and Master Wato. Indeed. So the coach and the master, and the grandmaster teaming up here. No, he's not the grandmaster. He's trying. She's to... on the way to the grandmaster. Way to the grandmaster. Right. It's it, it, everybody. Yeah, he, he never said he what he was the grandmaster. He's working towards working being towards the, being the grandmaster. It's like everybody confuses Okada's gimmick. It, no, he he's not a rich boy wrestler. He's just he he's the guy who generates the money. You know. Yes. Everybody confuses that. Uh this next match, uh, in very many ways, is a match uh, possibly the match I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, the never open weight championship. Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb. I think this match is going to bang. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, 
again, these two, honestly, they have history dating back to the Battle of Los Angeles Finals in 2018, where Bandito was the third man involved in the portion. But these guys have had their share of wars ever since, and this is another chapter being added to it. So... Yeah, it's gonna be I, fun. Yeah, can't I, wait. I, I I can't either. I think this match is gonna bang. This might be the best match on on of the whole weekend. Well, not weekend. You know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Live the two nights. So yeah. yeah. Uh, following that, a special singles match: uh, Sonata versus Evil in a grudge match. I was wondering when those two were finally gonna. Have yeah, a exactly. We we were all kind of kept waiting. I'm like, when is this gonna happen? When is this gonna happen? And then we're I mean, it did. I mean, it did in G one. I mean, it did yeah, in G one. But, but I mean, still, that, that that should have been a bigger feud. Yes, it is. Here yeah, it's just flaring up at this point between obviously G one where things happened. Then you also had the uh, New Japan Cup as well too earlier in the year where you know. Dick kicks and the like happened too. Yeah. So, so do you, do you think that they do you think New Japan kind of booked themselves into a corner with Evil because they they seem to have forgotten about the fact that hey uh, Jay and Kenta were kind of pissed at him. <laughs> they kind of forgot that I, whole thing. I think I think they're planning on revisiting that as of January sixth. It's just been on the back burner until they get through the these cards. I think. Yeah. Well, I think you and I we. We may bring this up on side B, but you and I were talking about kind of a wish list for New Japan in 2021. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll get think, into detail at that point. Yeah, we, we, we may. Yeah, well, we, we, we're either going to bring this up on, on side B or we're going to type this up as an article for something <laughs> because, yeah, because there, there's a lot. On, on, there's as discourse as to be had there. There's discourse to be had, but uh it, does Sonata get 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 a shining moment here? I think so. so. I, I think to conclude the year and just bring him into twenty twenty one. I think this is his for the taking. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Next match: IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Taiji Ishimori defending against either Hiromu Takahashi or El Fantasmo. We all know it's going to be Hiromu. <laughs> yeah. Aroma will draw. Well, is a semi is a semi uh, main event draw. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, and I, I like the fact that they made this a semi main. I like that. Yes, I do as well. Big fan of it. And I think that if him and Ishimori can come anywhere near as close to the magic they had at Korokuen two years ago in Best of Super Junior Finals, this match is gonna bang. So oh, can't okay. wait. Agreed. And if uh, El Fantasmo goes through, then you know what? Blah. Blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blah. And then our main event of the whole shebang, another double gold match. Uh, either Tetsuya Naito or Kota Ibushi defending against Jay White. I think it's going to be Ibushi myself. Yeah, well, let's just go with the assumption that it is. And I, Kota Ibushi, and I also sure. think that Ibushi wins because his story is that he he finally beats Jay White. This finally, finally beats Jay White. This finally beats Jay White after trying for God knows how long. Well, I mean, he, finally, he beat him in G One final last year, but true. But then ever since has just been like a string of bad luck between the two of them. So it's just more so he finally gets to you know ascend and become God, if you will. Indeed. At this point, which is the big thing, right? So, 
Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go, too. I think Ibushi ends this weekend as champion. Or this weekend. I keep saying weekend. I don't know why I keep saying weekend. <laughs> it's because last time around there wasn't a weekend. It was on a weekend. That's right. So yeah, True. Um, now, I think we all know why they did the two nights. This Last year, it was a great opportunity to, to do the two nights because it was, it was on a Saturday and Sunday. And you had the Liger retirement and you had the double gold dash story. Yes. So I think that that warranted it. I think this year we all know that they ran two nights with limited cards because they wanted to get as many people in as possible in a pandemic. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. And you know, now that they had they have the caps, yeah, you know, they're going to have the attendance caps. But all that being said, uh, what do you think of these cards? I think that on paper we have a very similar situation to Wrestle Kingdom 13 where mm-hmm. yep, that's it could go either way, but the it, where on paper it could go either way if you're just assuming, but then in practice it banged. So I'm confident, at the very least I'm hopeful that we have a similar situation this yeah, year. Because, yeah, let, let's we forget, we absolutely hated the card for Wrestle Kingdom 13. And in fact, we were, that was a period of time when we nearly gave up. Yeah. As we recall. And, and, and then that card just exceeded expectations on in practice. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the cards do look weak. I, I admit the cards look weak. And I think there's, there's a lot of get people on the show in this, especially with the Ronbo, which I think is a bad idea in a pandemic, but you know, at the same time, um, yeah, at, at the same time, we thought that Wrestle Kingdom 13 was going to suck, and it ended up not. It ended up actually being a pretty good show, despite, on paper, that show looked like shit. Yeah. And... I think the fact that there's been a pandemic to begin with, and that even with a limited capacity, this crowd might be the biggest thing which they've performed in front of, up to this point during the pandemic, I think it's going to have a lot of guys trying their absolute hardest to just leave it all out there at this point. So um hopeful that it lives up to expect it exceeds expectations yet again, uh, compared to the card on paper. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic on this one on, so. on paper. It is a weak show. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to, to lie. It, it is weak on paper. Um, I think they're, yeah, and a lot of these were making the best of bad situations. Um, that said, still could be a good show. Are you going to stay, are you going to get up early and watch it? Yeah, because it falls on a Sunday and like the Sunday for Monday and I think like a Monday for Tuesday for me, I think I should be able to at least catch the January 4th show live as for the 5th. It's a wait and see at the moment, so... I'll yeah. know for sure probably at the yeah, end of next week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm still debating. What time will it will it start? I think it usually falls around uh, like 11 p.m. to midnight my time. I have to double check the times on the website again for it. So it's yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm, yeah. I just don't know if I'm going to because I I also will be back at work you know that day too. So. Yeah, because the bell is at uh, 5 p.m. Japan uh, JST, so 
That's fucking hey, let me PM. see what yeah, let's see what time that is. That, <laughs> I think that would be yeah, it seems like that's 1 a.m. mountain time and then 2 a.m. central from the looks of it. Hmm. I don't know. I may or yeah. may not I may or may not stay up for this. I mean yeah, I, it's, I, it's I, I, I didn't I, I didn't watch Russell Kingdom 13 live. Mm -hmm. And that one started earlier because it wasn't a weekend after all. So, well, this. Oh, it wasn't a, oh yeah, that was on a Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, because it, it went into like the Friday to Saturday, Saturday right. to well, Sunday. Also, well, yeah, right. Well, also the well, right, but also the show sucked so, on paper. So, <laughs> Russell yeah. Kingdom fourteen, we totally were, were watching live. <laughs> yeah, we were watching. No, but. It, yeah, I'm gonna try to do a live, but we'll see if I can for sure at that. Yeah, point. I, I'm still debating. We'll we'll see about that. If 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 we if I do, you'll definitely see me live tweeting it over, or on Twitter for sure. Okay, that's what I do every year. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been side A of episode seventy. Uh, I'm going. We're going to take a uh, quick. Uh, Quick message from our sponsor, and then uh, we're going to be on another track on here on this network uh, for side B. So, uh, Chris, any final words about the Wrestle Kingdom weekend? Or, I, I, there I go again. Weekend. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, Wrestle King, the two Wrestle Kingdom shows. I think Thank that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> to begin 2020, to begin 2021, after the shitstorm that 2020 was, Two nights at the Tokyo Dome might just be what I need to, you know, cleanse the pull at just a little bit. Just a bit. Regardless of how the card looks. So I'm excited. G give your psyche an enema, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a quick message from our sponsor, and then uh, we will be on side B. So uh, stick around. Thanks for listening to side A of episode 70 of the Strong Style Story Podcast. Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020 for good? Then do it in style with your pals at Mystery Titans Theater and the live New Year's Eve Spectacular. Join your hosts, Travis Woloshin, Johnny Hedgepeth, and the returning Kelly Nelson as we sit back and watch the exploits of such timeless entertainers as Bruce Monroe, Sweet Hansen, and Barry O. Celebrate the turning of the clock from coast to coast as the fellows are joined throughout the night by Mystery Titans Theater favorites James Hamilton, Max Mitchell, Robert Hawkins, Zubin Sundar, Mark Stanley, Sean Whitaker, and new friends Robert Charlton and Brad McNeil, and many more. The fun starts here at Mystery Titans Theater HQ, Jarvis Washing Machine on YouTube. 10 p.m. Eastern Time and 7 Pacific, and we won't say goodnight until the new year has reached Vancouver. It's going to be a party, so subscribe on YouTube for more updates, and let us know if there's a card you'd like to see on the Mystery Titans Theater New Year's Eve Live Spectacular.